Welcome to episode 33 of the Permaculture Pimp Cast, the only pimp cast out there where we discuss permaculture, preparedness, and practical living. How you doing, son? Good. How are you? All right. I'm doing good. And we got a special guest in the in the studio today, but we'll cover that here in a minute. Um, this program brought to you by Hickory Ridge Soap by TwoOldCrows.com. Turn that mangy man into a sexy beast. That's right. Check us out on the fountain app, y'all. Tip a pimp. Yeah, check us out over there. Jack Spearco, my homeboy over there, sent me the listings out there, and we're like number 38 or somewhere thereabouts. Put us put us up there, y'all. Come on. We ain't going to catch Jack anytime soon, but um, yeah, go out there. Express anything you want to say right there on Fountain. We'll read it here, and also make sure you go out there and give us some reviews. We'll go ahead and cover that here in a minute. Also, October 22nd, Tow River Campground. We're going to be out there. And it's going to be renewed homestead. It's more like a gathering, y'all. No rock stars, none of that stuff. You just kind of show up and everybody just kind of chills. They got an indoor area in case it's cold. So make sure you go to um, renewedhomestead at gmail.com and make sure you RSVP. We're going to be there. Ben and Denise of Renewed Homestead are going to be there. Justin and Metcalf Mills. He's going to be there and a whole bunch of others are going to be there as well. Look forward to seeing you there. At the end of the month, son, what's going down? We have a concealed carry class with uh, Big Ivy Guns. It's going to be out in Burnsville at their Silas Branch location. And you guys are welcome to join with us. You guys are welcome to do it with us. Yeah, yeah, we're we're hoping as many people sign up as possible. It'll be linked in the show notes. And just so you know, we don't get anything out of it. We're just, we're paying just like everybody else. It just thought that, you know, there's probably a lot of people out there that thought about doing this and didn't because they didn't want to go by themselves. So, hey, we'll all do it together and you can see how awesome a shot I am. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about a handgun, y'all. I'm really not. I'm like quickly down under, except I don't know if I'm good with one like he was. Uh, Tip of the day. Take your guidance from nature, y'all. And what I mean by that is I did a video today on Patreon, and I was talking. We were in the food forest area. And I know it seems if you've been with us for any period of time, you probably know that's what we do. In permaculture, we try as best we can to mimic, mimic nature. Well, what I really wanted to point out, and I think I did in this video... And I want to convey it to you also is that everything we do, we should be taking our keys from nature. And for example, every orchardist out there in commercial settings are going to tell you, oh, the trees have to be this far away. This has to be going on. That has to be going on. And you can't have this kind of spacing. And as I'm out there right here on the precipice of, you know, it's getting cold. Leaves are falling off. It is fall. And I'm looking around and everything we're doing, we would be told by any kind of commercial orchardist, son, that we're absolutely backwards. Yeah, we would probably have half the trees and none of them would be apple because all of them claim that apples can't be grown this far, this far north in yeah. North Carolina. Yeah, we just pulled an apple off today, one that yeah. we kind of missed. We should have never let it get that far. But we did pull one off today. It was about the homeliest looking apple I ever saw, but it was an yeah, apple. It is an ugly apple. Uh, it's a couple different colors and it's a little bumpy. But they did say like something I can't remember who said it, but somebody was saying like you can't grow apples north of uh Hendersonville. Yeah, yeah. It, I've heard was that it one before. of the orchardists? Yeah, I think I've heard it before. I don't recall exactly, but in terms of how the lines and rows go, of course, at an orchard, I mean I like an orchard just like everybody else. But when you see your lines and rows out there, it's, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, if that's the way you choose to do it. And then the spacing on the latest one I was at, I mean, they just we just looked at a new one where they just put the trees in. And they were three feet apart, monocrop, same trees, same everything. There's lessons you can take away from that, things that make sense. But when you get down to it, in no way does it replicate nature. So what you're going to have is a bunch of bug problems, a bunch of apple rust problems probably, Things that you're going to have to employ every amount of chemicals you can possibly imagine. And just, machinery for the harvest. Exactly. So you're going to need all that stuff. And, um, you know, hey, y'all, in the studio, weighing in, at least in the first segment, I was able to get her in here, is the Homestead Honey. Hello, everybody. That's mom 
for <laughs> for me only. <laughs> Honey, you got to get in a little bit closer. Yeah, we're sharing mics up here, y'all. We got two mics. Yeah, yeah. So that's the tip of the day, um, Michelle. Anything you'd like to add as far as mimicking nature? Yeah, not the best color person in the business for Mom, nothing, y'all. Nobody can hear you shaking your head no. Yeah, and then she's over here laughing like, "Oh, gee, I messed that up, didn't yeah. I?" Mom, talk into the mic. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, that's exactly what we're doing in every single aspect of what we do, whether it's in our gardens. We try to mimic nature. We don't just put one cultivar of anything out there. Is there anything wrong with those of you that do? No. It's just the way we do things. And it just, this morning, all of a sudden, it just kind of struck a chord to me where I was kind of giving the indication that, hey, you see where this black locust is? Here I am, arms reach away to an apple. And in no Commercial Orchard, will you ever find this? So I want to give another hat tip to my man, Stefan Subkoviak, up there in Canada. That dude is the cat's meow in so many different things. But honestly, just take the things from some of these people that you find useful. All right, on to the farm news. All right, and this is where the homestead honey's going to shine, baby. What did you make the other day or yesterday? So I made an apple pie with some Evercrisp apples that we just got from the orchard. And also, we just rendered some leaf lard from the guinea hogs that um, we processed. I don't even remember when we processed them. But the thing that stuck out to me is I had leaf lard from some pigs that weren't guinea hogs. I can't remember what they were. Red wattle. Was it red wattle? Yeah, the old stuff was red wattle. Okay, so I had some leaf lard from them that I was rendering. And I had leaf lard from, from the guinea hogs that we processed. And if you... For no other reason, raise guinea hogs. Do it for the leaf lard. What's the difference? The the leaf lard from the guinea hog was it just like the the red wattle leaf lard was like it was harder. The stuff from the guinea hogs just kind of it like it was pure white. It melted in your hands. You didn't even really have to cut it up. You just kind of broke it apart and then rendered it. And the Evercrisp apples, I wouldn't use them to to make a pie because um, they just stay hard. So, But the crust was good. The that crust. dramatic pause she just gave you all was a result of me giving her a nasty look. <laughs> because, William, what did you think about that pie? That pie is off the hook. I mean, I she's mean, thinking... It, is, it does have crunchy apples in it. It is a little different, but it's, it's still off the hook. No, well, the crust is always the star of the show. Yeah, the crust no and the, the whipped pie. cream are always the best part of mom's pie. Yeah, it's all, everything's homemade, and, you know, she's using, only thing I would suggest is just kind of ease up on the apples a little bit, maybe even go down to, you use 10 cups, maybe go down to seven, um, and then see how that goes. But I don't mind the apples having a little bit of bite, but that flavor is on point, because honestly, folks, those Evercrisp apples, have you ever had a better apple, son? No, Michelle? but dad, also not everybody, like I was explaining to y'all before, not everybody's as big of a fanatic about apples as dad is. Dad yeah, will stop if you're gonna eat everything. Apples, if you're going to eat, eat apples, I'm telling you this, there is no better apple. That's why I bought the patent to grow these suckers. Yeah. The Evercrisp apples are good for eating. I just, they're just not my favorite for a pie, but the, the leaf lard from a guinea hog, raised guinea hogs for leaf lard. Okay, now I'm going to have to... Now, Joel Salatin would probably take issue with you on that because we were standing on the... I still to this day don't understand why anybody put me on a stage with Joel Salatin, but um, there was somebody in the audience that brought something up about wanting to raise guinea hogs. And folks, I'm just trying to give you a heads up out there. Just keep in mind, you're going to raise that animal for maybe 18 months and you ain't going to get that much meat out of it. Now, think about your feed conversion. Is it worth it? Because you're going to, most people, if you're not raising hogs the way we do, you're not going to have 21 cent a pound pork. Now we raise those guinea hogs exclusively for the little bit of awesome meat you get out of it. Yeah. The meat is the best tasting meat you're going to find on a pig and it's the best tasting fat you're going to find on a pig also. But the feed costs shouldn't be much of an issue with these American guinea hogs because they got too fat when we were feeding them last time. Yeah, you don't, but, the the feed is very minimal, especially if you have them uh, rotating through the woods. Yeah, there there is that. But also, a lot of people aren't raising them the way we do. I don't know if it's going to make sense. And plus, 18 months is a long time to wait on a doggone pig when yeah. you can have one in half that time. And a really good one at that. I mean, for a lot of meat. So we raise guinea hogs exclusively for the fat. 
because that's that aspect of permaculture that a lot of the uh, what does Jack call them the uh, purple purple breathers. Yeah, what a lot, <laughs> what a lot, <laughs> what a lot of these people. Um, we raise we raise things and we look at things also overlaid with a preparedness component, and that's where all this stuff comes together. So we raise guinea hogs exclusively for the back fat that we render. Okay, that goes good with a number of things, and then also that leaf lard is is really second to none. So, I mean, Michelle, you knocked it out of the park with that. She always does. You would swear she was the worst kick, cook in the world if you ever listened to her. If you asked her, she's the worst cook in the world. If you ask anybody else, it's the complete opposite. Yeah. Yeah, so Justin was there throwing she's out all, her eyes at all us. kinds of hints out there about the my favorite dessert and Justin's also. Um, Justin from Metcalf Mills, we're out there the other day helping do the sorghum uh, harvest, and that's one thing we did as far as farm news. That video actually came out today. It's yeah. out right now. Oh, okay. So then we got some others that are going to be. No, it came out yesterday. Yesterday. The bucket video is out today. Yeah. So, yeah, that's more on the. Look, y'all, I made no bones about it. Um, and I'll cover more of it here in a little bit in the world news. But look, things are getting real, and we're going to take that part of permaculture, which is the preparedness part of it as I see it, as we see it. And um, we're going to start doing a lot of focus on that because I'd feel pretty awful when things are, it's not if anymore. Let's be real. It's not if. It's happening. And I'm going to cover a story here in a minute that talks about that, but we're still talking about farm news. Michelle um, has not been a happy camper because she's been doing a whole lot of tax paperwork. And last week you were not fun to be around. Hey, you have anything to say to say for yourself? Uh, you could take over the taxes, and we'll just see how your disposition is. Yeah, well, you mean theft. That's what you meant, right? Yes, yes. theft, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, well, here we are, um, you know, trying to make a go of it, just like all of you out there, and uh, that's what we do. But as far as other preparations and things we got going, um, well, there's, um, you know, a lot of still a lot of log cutting or um not log cutting but basically splitting. a lot of splitting yeah there's a lot of cutting and getting stuff out of our woods and also in some of the other places where people are just dropping logs everywhere and we're able to pick them up so you did a lot of cutting today right i did a lot of splitting um some people just cut up a bunch of these logs and just left them there they didn't uh split it at all and it's just been sitting there for quite a while yeah, so it's one of our honey holes, y'all, where they got wood chips, they got compost, they got all this stuff. The wood chips have been sitting there for years, y'all. And um, we've been able to pick up a lot of it. And also, it's one of those places, um, we covered it, we covered some of it back in our Patreon. And today, we did a, a bigger video having to do, and it's going right back to that preparedness quotient. Um, folks, I got to be real. I mean, a lot of this guerrilla gardening that we're doing might be the best way for a lot of people out there to put bread on the table in the coming months. So um, anything else we want to add as far as the things that are being done around here? I mean, we got so many things going on. We got paperwork. We got, well, your mom's got paperwork and a lot of it. Um, we also have a lot of things going on in terms of planning. We're trying to get a few things knocked off. We got these three pigs up the mountain. We got to get them done. Uh, two are going to go to Justin at Metcalf Mills, one to the Modern Yeoman, and then we got a whole lot of chickens that we're getting prepped to do those. You looking forward to doing that early next week, son? Uh, not really. I'm never really looking forward to processing the animals. It's yes. never an exciting part. I always get stuck killing. I always get stuck with the killing part. Yeah, because I'm the fastest butcher, you know. Dead. Yeah, so it takes one. I mean, your mom's always getting stuck with the, uh, what part do you do, honey? The dunking and the feather picking? The plucking. The, uh, I do the, uh, after they're in the kill cones, I take them out and dunk them in the, the hot water and then run them through the plucker. Are you ever going to put your hands on dispatching any? I think I did last, I think I did last time we did it, didn't I? I don't know. I think I did. I don't think I've ever seen mom kill anything. Just a back, back story. Mom has spanked me once in my life and she felt bad for it. So William, that's mom for William, y'all. William wasn't a child that needed to be spanked. No, he it was, was those little love taps. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like, oh, smacky, smacky. And you just hurt his feelings more than anything. No, she hurt her own feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had to fake cry on that one. Yeah, but, you know, 
that's a whole nother story, man. We're going to be getting some hate mail on that. But, um, yeah, that was a different world. But, no, he was not a child that needed to be spanked. Um, lying or blatant disobedience were the only – that was the golden rule up in this house. So, um, all right, we're going we're gonna to drift on into – oh, one more thing before I forget, Michelle – Coming up Sunday, what are we going to do with your little bees out there? Because we're way behind on that. Oh, yeah. Speaking of things that need to be done, we have got to take the supers off of the bees. Uh, It is way past time to do it. And we had a little bit of a cold snap the last few days. So Sunday's the next warmest, sunniest day. So we'll be be, uh, winterizing our hives and taking the supers off. All right. Getting into the world news. And look, some of this, you're going to say, oh, what a big deal, you know? Liz Truss, that lunatic they brought in over in the UK. Yeah, she's out on her bottom, on on her bottom. Yeah, so they tossed her butt out, and uh, they'll probably just put some other lunatic back in her place. I mean, what what did it, there was a quote from way back, and I'll loosely quote it. Um, And it came from J.R.R. Tolkien, you know, one of my favorite writers from way back. He said, you know, the most improper job of any person is bossing other people. Not one in a million is fit for it, and least of all those that seek the opportunity. So we we sit here and wonder why a lot of these people at the highest levels are just complete nonsensical weirdos and lunatics. And if you knew the full extent of it, folks, I mean, you wouldn't even have these people in your house. Okay, on the other things, and this is a little more um, consequential, CDC votes to add the COVID-19 vaccination, and I've used that in quotes, to the recommended shot schedules. What do you think about that, honey? Anyone over six months old? No, I don't think so. I, I wouldn't be, at this point, I, I don't think I would be getting any vaccines for my child. The, the vaccine schedule, I haven't researched vaccine schedules for children lately, but the vaccine schedule for dogs when I had a dog that that uh, a few years ago that had to get a vaccine compared to like even five or ten years prior to that, there's a whole laundry list of recommended vaccines for 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 dogs. I don't even want to know what it is for humans for for kids. Well, son, when you have kids, uh, what's your are you going to be getting them shot up with this? Absolutely not. No, vaccines largely don't make sense. And we'll probably get hate mail from that. But if you look into it, like vaccines don't make sense. And a lot of issues sparked whenever vaccines were introduced. Yeah. Like autism. Well, there's a lot of other things too. Some people would even argue cancer. And well, everybody wants to claim polio. The vaccine for polio came out after polio was on the decline. Well, I mean, All the way through, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people on both sides of that camp. All I know is this new thing isn't a vaccine. This isn't some stem attenuated, um, you know, bug that's put inside of a needle. But, man, the stuff that's coming out through people like, I mean, unimpeachable people, uh, doctors left and right. And uh, there was that one out in Florida that came out and made news the other day. Of course, it didn't make it. You're not going to see it on uh, the fixed news channel or CNN or MSNBC, but basically 50% uh, dreadful things happening to, to pregnant women. And then a lot of this stuff in the military, I mean, there's been a lot of people blowing the whistle there and they toss them right out. And of course it never makes the light of day. Well, my wife is a NICU nurse and right now the, like the babies that are in the hospital are supposed to be like the number is supposed to be going down, but it's not, it's steadily increasing. I mean, all the time they're getting notifications about, um, like, who can work overtime and stuff like that. Because, A, there's too many babies, and, B, there's not enough healthy nurses able to work right now. All the nurses are sick. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, folks, you're not hearing this from the mainstream prostitutes. So, like I said, I've often said it, and I'm going to say it again. If you knew a person that lied to you one one hundredth to the extent of the powers that shouldn't be, they could tell you the sun rose in the east and you would go out and check. But somehow, some way, because of some appeal to authority, we just believe these people. I don't care what they say. You tell me I should hate Russians, I probably like them. In fact, every Russian I've ever known was a pretty cool person. Yeah, some of these Russian YouTube channels, too, they are hilarious. I know. Yeah. The Russians I've known. That Russian artist we met at the... Uh, oh, yeah. He was half Russian, half Ukrainian. Which yeah, what he, did he say? He said that... Like there's extremists on either side that oh Russians are better and oh Ukrainians are better, but everybody else, 
like doesn't view them as like different places. Like it is Russia and Ukraine are the same doggone thing. And this is coming from a guy that you just met this last who's, weekend. Who's who mom, is Russian and Korean. His mom is Russian and his dad is Ukrainian and his Russian friends came along and he was half Ukrainian and nobody seemed to have any issues. That's what I'm saying. Everything and everybody they tell us is the good people they tell me are good are probably bad. And the bad people are probably good. I mean, I'm just going to constantly, until I see otherwise, I'm just going to believe the opposite. What did that guy say? Um, yeah, it was Yuri Bezmenov or somebody like him. He says, you know, we had a we had a media system in Russia that that lied every time you turn around, but nobody in Russia believed him. That was the difference he saw between Russia and America was that the people in America actually believe these idiots. Yeah. Well, okay, so we'll go on to something else, and this is more in line uh, folks, you're going to want to pay attention to this. And many of you already know, we just kind of briefly talked about the log jam that's happening right now down in the Mississippi. And when you know the full extent of how much grain, cargo, all this stuff that goes up and down that Mississippi, I had no idea that one set of barges, I mean, just like a barge pushing yeah. a bunch of other barges is like the equivalent of like a thousand tractor trailers worth. Oh, wow. A thousand. So I just heard that statistic today, and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. So you would need a 1,000 trucks to do what that one barge does, and also it does it highly. I mean, you think about it. It's going with a river, and it uses very little fuel for the amount of cargo that it's moving. Yeah. So you got a problem there, but check this one out. This came out from uh, Zero Hedge, and uh, Tyler Durden. Basically, the title of this article is, The Food Crisis of 2023 is Going to Be Far Worse Than Most People Would Dare to Imagine. Well, when you get into this article, they're talking about all the stuff in Ukraine that's going down. Um, obviously, everybody kind of to some extent knows, or at least everything you think you know about it has been told to you by profligate liars for the most part. And then when we get down to brass tacks in this thing, I mean, the writer, either he is extremely hyperbolic, this Tyler Durden. Actually, it was coming from somebody else, uh, Michael Snyder, and he basically brought it over here. And if it's the same Michael Snyder I'm thinking of, man, his information has been pretty doggone straight for a long, long time now. And he gets into the um, the fertilizer production, the capacity of... It gets into the fertilizer capacity and how two-thirds of it is absolutely shot when it comes to this stuff that's going around. And what, and what that's going to mean right now, we already had food insecurity all through Africa, especially sub-Saharan Africa, now it's in Europe. I mean, I don't even want to start thinking about it. We have entire forests that are clear-cut in Germany. And then now everybody in the United States of Amnesia thinks, oh, well, we're not going to be affected by that. Folks, I got news for you. Michelle, Do you are you seeing any differences? Well, I think what we were talking about earlier, I had just made the comment that there are some seriously unstable people out there that they're already on a knife's edge. If they, if you just push them a little bit farther with higher ga gas prices or their inability to get some, to get food, I don't even want to know what these people are going to do. And then you take away, what if these same people can't get their prescriptions? I don't, I mean, yeah, we might have some issues coming up here. You know, I didn't even think about the idea. You know, you brought up something there that I honestly... That's why I insisted that she come in here, at least for this first segment. She mentioned this a little while ago while we were downstairs eating. And um, I got to be honest with you. Um, I didn't really consider that. I'm thinking food, but I didn't stop to think for a moment how many people are, you know, tied up to a lot of pharmaceuticals. Well, also, especially when all those pharmaceuticals come from China, and then we just did that microchip embargo on China. Oh, yeah. And all that. So. There's nothing to even ship. <laughs> well, that's that's where this article is really getting down to brass tacks in that in 2023, and I don't even think it's going to take that long. We talked about it before that down the road from us at uh, Smiley's Feed Store that they were being told, hey, get ready for $10 a loaf of bread by Christmas. Well, their timing may be a little bit off. Well, but after Christmas is after midterms, isn't it? Hmm. Well, midterms will be in... Well, that's going to be in um, really in a few weeks right now if we get to midterms. I mean, it is well, that's false what flag I'm season. Tis the season, yeah. son. <laughs> Tis the saying. season to be boom, boom. I mean, that's exactly what these people are thinking. 
Mama's <laughs> laughing in the background. What right is now. so funny right now, woman? She's sitting here. <laughs> it's it's not the funny jokes that I ever do. It's the silly jokes that she thinks is funny. What's going on here? She's over here laughing and she can't even get behind the microphone. But really, y'all, it's coming down. And I'm not being hyperbolic. And unlike a lot of the people out there, one of these hat back wearing suckers on YouTube that's going out there, get these five things Whoa, or you're going to die. Dad. Yeah, I don't <laughs> even care anymore, man. I don't even care anymore, man. I really don't. I'm so sick and tired of these people. I was just thinking that same thing today. What? When I was uploading our YouTube video. About what? Just like the suggested videos, the the description you left. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? Honestly, I'm not even... They're lucky I don't even blast them right here because you go from doing... It's it's not that I know what YouTube is doing. They're if it bleeds, it leads. They're putting those people to the front of the line and anybody doing real stuff. It's like Joel Salatin was talking this weekend, the and I'm gonna paraphrase it, basically the the apocalypse of homesteaders, meaning everybody and a great grandmother is getting into homesteading like nobody's business. So it only you know, it only I'm sure they're out there looking for YouTube videos to help them on their homestead journey, but who are they finding? Who are they promoting? They're putting the people up there that are saying, get these five things or you're going to die. And they don't know anything about what they're talking about. And, you know, we're going to constantly do what we got to do where we're instead of saying, hey, you're going to die. Hey, I'm going to give you some reasons to live. Well, see, I've noticed that they I noticed something today with those types of videos is that a lot of them recycle the same information by changing by making it store specific. So it's like these 10 items you need to buy or you're all going to die parentheses from walmart or these 10 items oh, parentheses really? from target yeah yeah it's the same thing like edc groups do and that's how i made the connection is the same thing that like these knife uh youtube channels and these edc groups do and i don't see anything wrong with it doing it on these these types of channels but they're like here's an edc kit for a hundred bucks from uh bass pro shop like that's the example but that's what they're copying with these 10 items, these 10 survival items you need to buy or you're going to die. So they're, they're getting yeah. padded. Yeah. Oh no, no. I don't think they're getting padded. They're just regurgitating the same information by using a different store. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Michelle, what do you think about all these people that are doing the fear mongering out there? Surely you have some opinion on that. Well, I think it's, I think it's sad. I mean, they're profiting off of the horrible things going on in the world. And also they, Okay, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. They, The Just people that are talking have absolutely no experience. They don't know what they're talking about. They've never done anything or been anywhere that would put them in a situation where they would be able to intelligently speak on some of the stuff that they're talking about. I, I mean, it. the fact that they're even putting that information out there is... I, I mean, I, I really... I. I don't want people listening to them because they just don't know what they're talking about. I have more experience with them than them. And all I did was go to Australia, fight snakes and battle vegans. And you don't see me <laughs> out here making these videos. No, I mean, son, not, not everybody has to be in the throes of combat to even understand some of this stuff. There's a lot people can understand just by growing their own food. But when you're coming from some of these places where, um, you had a silver spoon in your mouth your whole life. And then all of a sudden you can't seem to make any waves in the, in the homesteading space. And even though they were doing some pretty cool stuff at first, and then all of a sudden you find yourself in the middle of, I don't, I don't want to drift too far because I, we have a tendency to doing that point being folks. The thing I want you to take away from here is just because they have a YouTube channel does not mean they have a clue what they're even talking about because a lot of these people are complete frauds. Now back to this article, I mean, they cover pretty much all of it. When you look at each node and you talk about the 2000 barges that were stuck at one point and it's only getting worse. It's not like we're getting any rain through there. Um, they also go in to talk about like the snow crab thing, the catastrophic decline there. And nobody seems to know the reasons why we talked about that in a couple of podcasts back. Also the global. Now this one, I don't know how much you can believe like the global bird flu, bird flu pandemic, which isn't necessarily the flu wiping people or wiping the birds out. It's the people wiping the birds out, you know, just culling them all because it's so awful. And then, of course, you know, you got this economy, as they say, our economy is strong as hell. 
Uh, and that's a quote from uh, Joe Biden. And, and of course, that said tongue in cheek. And then, of course, you know, they're it was on the teleprompter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they want us all to eat bugs. All right, y'all, when we come back, we're going to move on to the main event. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Some of that old school Robert Cray. Hey, I found out how to. I just figured out how to fix the uh, the Mississippi. Oh, we uh, stage. We call up the Smithsonian and tell them we found some giant bones down there <laughs> at the bottom of it. Some Nephilim bones, and then uh, they'll hit up Harp and Mirage and go ahead and turn the water back on. That's all we have to do. <laughs> so now I got to say that's very clever. Yeah, they had, boy, they would flood that. Say, yeah, you found it <laughs> all in them, the hey, banks. Did you know the Jewish were here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we had no idea, man. The Israelis made it all the way over here, yeah. man. We got Nephilim. Turns out, oh, this could have been a promised land. These look or something. like Chinese characters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, wow, man, that's that's a pretty cool way of doing it. All right, y'all, one of the things I want to get into, and we're not going to spend forever on it, it's one of the biggest things I get in terms of uh, questions. And it's also a lot of things that I'm getting, like when I go to some of these events, you know, you do have a little bit of time to talk to some folks. And if I were to pick maybe in the top, uh, maybe five questions I get concerning uh, the status quo, everything else, it's, and I quote, why doesn't anybody care? Why doesn't anybody care? Now, I, I did cite the fact that there is something of a homestead tsunami, I think is what Joel Salatin called it. Or I'm paraphrasing it, but you get the point. Yeah, there are some of us that do care. And you're probably one of the ones that do. Almost certainly you are. Walking through Asheville, sometimes I get the feeling, like when, especially whenever I'm alone walking through parts of Asheville, and it, I don't know if it's a thought experiment or I'm just, I, I don't know what's going on. Sometimes I get the feeling like everybody around me is an NPC and they're kind of just there for me to interact with. Like, I know that sounds weird, but it's like a drone mentality that goes on in Asheville or something like that. But like, nobody's actually there son the bigger question is when are you walking through Asheville by yourself well I mean you know what I mean like through the store or something like that even Weaverville I don't even have to go all the way to Asheville yeah you got a point there. <laughs> even Weaverville yeah like if it's it, it's a weird weird feeling you get it's like everybody's like a drone or in a hive mind around you and you're just kind of like you're the only conscious person there and like everybody else is there just to like they're NPCs in a video game like they're just like characters there for you to interact with if you choose to or something like not everybody's, I don't know. Like I think, they're pre I think you're describing it real. I, I think you're describing it very well. Um, I would, I wouldn't have put it that way, but now that you did it, it totally makes sense. It's like, I'm, I'm standing by and almost certainly look folks, I know you're probably driving along in your car right now or doing whatever, listening to this podcast. And I know you're shaking your head right now in total agreement because I can relate. You can relate. If you're listening to this podcast right now, and the sound of my voice, you know as well that he's absolutely correct. We're dealing with, I, I, I guess, non-player characters. If you don't know what an NPC is, I guess that's the best way to put it. Is that a possibility? What if I'm right? What if, I, what if some of these people are just like, I don't know. Well, what if is, that's like a super, super conspiracy or something? No, like, well, I mean, I maybe know. you are. I, honestly, I think most people... Uh, go through the course of their entire lives and not once past childhood, because I don't think it applies then. I don't think one time past childhood, most people ever have a thought that was not programmed into them. I really believe that. Yeah. Um, when you're, when they're children, you notice that the sky's the limit, anything's possible. You can do this. And somehow through the public education system, for the most part, all of that is beaten out of you. It's your, your creativity, your, your sense of wonder, is all taken away from you somehow through that system if you aren't careful. And for a time, it was taken out of me. 
what if MK Ultra? The whole purpose behind that was to figure out how to instill it into the education system. Well, maybe that's exactly what it is. Maybe it's just become more subversive in the whole thing. But going back to the central point, why doesn't anybody care? And some of these people are talking about in terms of um, well, they really break it down into several areas. Number one is um, I was speaking at this last event that we went to, the Farm Where You Live uh, Festival. I was speaking to some folks there, and it might have even been the organizers, uh, Josh. I think it may have been him. I'm, I, I spoke to so many people, I'm not sure. But one of the things that came up was one of the big questions they get is, why butcher your animals? Why do all this when you can go to the store and get it? That is a universal, I don't know how many years I've been told that. By people, when I was still yeah. working a regular job, I was told that very same thing. Over and over and over again, like, why would you want to do that? Well, I'm like, okay, well, you can't buy meat this good. If I, if yeah, I want to afford to eat yeah. it every day, you're not going to go in the store and get Katahdin lamb. A restaurant will always be disappointing, unless it's something you just don't even know how to make or can't make at home. Like, restaurants are always going to be disappointing after that, So for the most part. I mean, because you can't buy food that's as good as the like you can't buy meat better than what we have in the freezer absolutely not you cannot buy it yeah. and and to try to convey that to most people especially when we lived in texas yeah where i mean they would have a seventy thousand dollar truck and this was like nearly everybody i knew they would have this truck that i mean honestly they were they might have been living in a shanty and eating hot dogs every night, but they had this truck that everybody could see, and that's what they were all about. But also, so the small towns around here that might have like a gas station and maybe like a hardware store or something like that, like a few small stores in them, like that are tucked away in these mountains, towns that size would have a neighborhood Walmart in them back in that area in Texas. So they're probably even more disconnected with their food, like the rural area in Texas is probably even more disconnected with their food because everywhere they go, they have access to a grocery store. And that's where a lot of people are missing the boat. I, I want to make sure we don't drift too far, but the point being is that everybody thinks that just because a person lives rurally that they're to some extent prepared. I got news for you. Yeah. A lot of the folks we knew in Texas, man, they were anything but prepared. Um, they had their trucks, they had their guns and they thought they were prepared and that was the full extent of it. So son, going back to the central point, why doesn't anybody care? Like, I mean, just in terms of growing the food, I don't think a lot of people have the ability to care. Like, wow. Going back to the, my point earlier with the NPCs, I don't think some people have, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not convinced some of these people are people like they might not have the ability to care. Well, I'm also wondering, too, when we talked about that, jo that jab, I'm not so sure that hasn't stripped some people of their humanity. I'll give you a prime example. Yeah. Okay, you look at me right now. I got a haircut. Folks, look at the new video. I got a haircut. I am not joking here. And frankly, I've never been concerned about who's going to like or dislike what I say. I'm going to tell you the truth the way I see it. And um, there's two girls in there that cut hair. And typically, when I go in this place, I think you go to the same place. Yeah, we go to the same place. Okay. I don't know if you've noticed it or not. Every time I would talk to these girls before and it's been a while since I've been back to this place. I had to go to another place. I just wasn't at the right place at the right time. The wait was too long, whatever the case was. And I mean, if you look at the way I cut my hair, I could probably do it myself. I just want somebody to just get it off my ears, you know, kind of faded up on the sides, nothing fancy. Well, this is the first time I've been back to this place in probably two months. And I told your mom, I told your mom when I went in there, this, this one girl, she was as sweet as could be. She, um, she was a big fan of a lot of the work we did. And then all of a sudden she and the girl with her, she had resisted taking the jab. Right. Yeah. And then for some reason and I don't recall the reasons why, but I know she ended up getting it like a month after her friend did. And I'm telling you what, I'm telling you what folks, both of these girls are in their twenties. They both have put on a lot of weight, but that's not the bigger thing. I mean, because all of us put on, or at least anybody around here puts on weight in this house during the winter, except for your mom. Except Emily. Yeah, your mom and Emily um, and Kendra, maybe, because she's always working out. Yeah, but, Kendra, no. Kendra has the same affliction we do. She just works out all the dog. Yeah, she's working out all the time, but that girl <laughs> feeding, and she's making your dog fat, yeah, too. Yeah, that's what, she's just transferring it all over to Chloe. So I go in here, son, and... I'm telling you, those girls, 
they're, they're in their 20s, and both of them, it's not the weight that they put on. Because like I said, you can dismiss that. Every Both of them in their face, their behavior, everything about them is 180 degrees different. They look 10 years older in the two months that I've seen them. 10 years older. I kid you not. Have you noticed it? I haven't. And the last time I was in there, I haven't because I haven't had the same... I haven't had a person I recognized in quite a while at that place. But the last person I had when I was there, um, she said her job, she doesn't work at just one uh, place. She said that her job is to fill in for all the sick people at the other locations. Wow. Like that's her all, her only job is oh, to I think fill I saw, in. I think I saw that girl. Yeah. Yeah. For, to fill in for all the sick people everywhere else. Wow. And just none like, of the, it was her and some other person I had never seen before last time I was there. So just like your wife where she's filling in for all these nurses that can't yeah. make it, they're constantly wanting her to do overtime because other people are sick and they just happen to all have in common the fact that they took this thing. But maybe yep. that maybe that is also contributing because before the girl was very loquacious. I mean, she talked quite a bit, was very excited about things. And then this time and the girl along with her, it was like there was something missing in their humanity. I don't know how to really put it, but people, everybody's going around saying, why doesn't anybody care? I mean, they're talking about freaking nuclear war, nuclear war. A whisper of this was going on back when Kennedy was in and they called it the Cuban missile crisis. (laughs) Now we got way worse weapons, way worse, bigger threats, more at stake with less military infrastructure. Yes. All this going on right now. And Nobody cares. Nobody cares. So we're looking at, like, just in terms of politics, son, that was brought up too. Nobody cares. Nobody cares that we have this buffoon in the White House that can barely even say his own name, can't walk up a set of stairs without tripping over. I mean, we are the laughing stock of this planet, and still nobody cares. And now, with the political aspect, if you're the more and more self-sufficient you're becoming and independent you're becoming, I can understand caring less as far as the political stuff goes, but you should still pay attention. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I really don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. I don't pondering it, ponder it because, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of this stuff that I can't do anything about. I get that, but I'm at least aware of it. I mean, and most people even, okay, another aspect of it. These are the three nodes, whether it was the food, the politics, and number three, the corruption. Nobody cares, no matter how corrupt things get, no matter how bad it gets, nobody cares. But that brings me into another thing, the fourth turning. The fourth turning by Strauss and Howe. If you ever go check that book out, um, basically, I won't go into all of it, but in a nutshell, every 80 years, the cycle continues. It starts all over again. And I think they did a pretty awesome job of proving it in their book. Well, we're at that fourth turning right now. We're at that point. And strangely enough, um, I heard an interview not long ago where a guy was bringing it up. And I would love to get him on this show. Maybe I'll have to reach out to him and see if he can do it. Aaron Brickman is his name. Mm -hmm. And he did a really good job of explaining it. Something I didn't think about that all the kids that are around right now they would be the equivalent of what some people call the greatest generation, the guys who fought, the guys and gals that went through World War II. And there, he made a pretty convincing argument that before that, that before all of that went down, that it was that, and like you always hear me talk about, folks, that crucible of really hard times that forged a generation that was extraordinary. Well, I think it was also a very small percentage of the generation that was extraordinary. I think I think all the way around. I don't I don't know that that's the case because everybody when the war effort was going on in World War One to a certain extent, not indefinitely World War Two, where everybody had a hand in it. There wasn't a single person that wasn't touched. Whether a family member died, like my great uncle died in you know storming the beaches of Normandy. If I ever get over there, I, I would like to see his grave. But to some extent or another, every family in America was touched with that. Everybody, the war effort that was happening, you know, Rosie the Riveter that was going on here. Ladies were working in these factories. They had victory gardens. They had all these things. So somebody, some way or another, all had a hand in it, but it took an apathetic generation and turned them into the greatest generation. Well, here's the argument against that. This past year, everybody, or the past two or three years, I don't even remember how long it's been now. The past, this past event with COVID and all that stuff, 
everybody has been touched by that and you still can't get a lot of people to wake up and care. Yeah, but you know, the one thing that they're missing, the one thing that happened then that hasn't happened now, and I'm doing this with a pretty good understanding of history and a good backdrop of it, knowing how all these things have to, the one thing that hasn't yet happened, and we've talked about it, folks, we always weave that tapestry. The one thing is the food. I'll give you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly what I mean by that. To subjugate a population, to keep them docile, you need, and they've known this ever since Alexander the Great, you need food, entertainment, and a reasonable expectation of security. Okay, you, you take food, you have all three of those, you can pretty much do anything. And they found out in the French Revolution, oh, shoot, we forgot that food part. Next thing you know, heads start chopping off. <laughs> you know, the, take them out of the Bastille, you know, you know, that's how it was going. Well, here it is in the United States of Amnesia, the one thing that hasn't hit yet, son, food, entertainment, and a reasonable expectation of security. Well, what transformed that apathetic generation into the great member. They lived through the roaring 20s. 1929 rolls yeah. around, and then all of a sudden the Great Depression. And through that crucible of really hard times, it produced the greatest generation. Well, we have that opportunity. Sadly, y'all, we're heading for the same exact thing. We're probably right on the, the door of uh, probably the greatest depression. It's probably there. I'm not here to so, you know, I'm not here to do... Unlike the other people out there that are giving you this gloom and doom, I'm going to qualify it, okay? I'm going to qualify it. We have that fourth turning happening right now, so we have an opportunity to see our young people wind up being the very same people that the generation during, I know it seems impossible, I know it seems crazy, but we have a choice, and there's no guarantee that you get through in a positive way on the other side of it. History is full of cases where they didn't, where it didn't necessarily wind up so great for the people that were in the middle of it. You know, American Revolution was another time where there was a fourth turning, okay? Civil War, you know, depending on where you come down on that, maybe it didn't go the way, maybe the good guys didn't win. I was about to say, the good guys lost. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, maybe the good guys didn't win, you know, depending on how you're looking at that because we have so much occulted history, I don't even know what's true anymore. Now, here we are. Then you have World War II. That's another fourth turning. And then here we are right now, right here, right now. And we have an opportunity to either. And that's why I'm saying. I was going to ask you a rhetorical question and say, what would it take to get people to wake up and smell the corruption? And, well, it looks like you're going to say. I think, well, I think, honestly, people would have a bigger reaction to football turning off than inconveniences at the grocery store. I think they honestly at first at first. But when you're, when your main, you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I mean, you look, you got to have food. You got to have water. We're not dealing with logical people though. Yeah. But that's exactly (laughs) what, that's why you went from the depravity of the roaring twenties into the great depression. And it forged the people that, I mean, it was so indelible in their lives that you can see the effects of it. Even in your mom to this day, son, where when she would reuse tea bags and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, that all came about from great grandma, my great grandma, exactly. her grandmother. Exactly. Yeah. That's where it all came from. And so it passed through to your grandmother into your mom. And she does that very thing. That's how mm-hmm. indelible that time was. And I was raised by a grandmother who lived through all of it. She was born in 1907 or 1904, rather, you know, at her formidable years when all this went down, saw every bit of it and died in her nineties. So, and you could see this strong will, this, this character that they had that was unparalleled. And now here we are at this point in America. So everybody's saying, what is it going to take? What is it? For all the people that keep asking me that, why doesn't anybody care? It's because they're not starving yet. And I hate to tell you that. Find me one. Find me. Okay. I challenge anybody out there. You find me one example in history where depraved community, country, you name it, ever corrected itself without the crucible of really hard times. And what that always involved, food insecurity. Yeah, I hate to say it. I'm not looking forward to this. I'm not looking forward to this. Even though we know how to go out in those woods and get what we need, I'm not looking forward to it. But I consider it my duty, my obligation, 
if I'm going to have this platform and I got people coming up to me at some of these events and I don't understand, I mean, if they knew the full extent of how flawed I am, they would not hold me in such high regard because I certainly don't. But if I'm going to do, if I'm going to do what's best It's not going to do anybody any favors by me holding back. And I got to tell you the truth, y'all. We're heading to the we're heading to that cliff. Um, I can give you all the nodes. That's not important. What's important right now is that you bear yourself up. I know you need a little bit of time to decompress and relax, but it's about what you do in your spare time that matters. I gave you a video. It just came out today, I think. Yep, just came out uh, four hours ago. Stop it, Sam's. You're asking me, you know, why doesn't anybody care? Well, right now they all got food. And still, even though the inflation's there, the, st- the food's still there. The inflation's only going to go higher. It's going to get tougher. You're going to see people hijacking trucks. At what point will truckers say, I'm not taking this stuff anywhere? You could really prepare on your way home from work. You really could. That's exactly what I was going to suggest. Yeah. On the way home, try this little project. And folks, get as many people to listen to this as possible. I'm not going to look, we're not going to be for everybody. You know, some, some little hoople headed Marchy out there isn't going to want to listen to this. You know, I mean, they're not going to want to, let's be honest here. I mean, the NPCs are not going to see this, but there's a lot of people coming out of this matrix, which is why I did that video again and why I spelled it out in such, you know, definite terms about, Hey, this is what you get for calories. Here's how you can go about it. Do it on your way home. Look, I know how much it sucks stopping in a Sam's Club or a Costco. Yep. Yes, but, it does. Especially if you forget that card and you have to wait in line, waiting on somebody to send you a picture of that card. Oh, my goodness. But look, just go in there. Go watch the video I just put out today. And do yourself and your family a favor. This is easy stuff. I show that you can feed yourself for a long, long time with very basic things. And for those of you that are thinking, man, I got limited, I got limited money. Look, a hundred bucks, a hundred bucks. What, what did I say? Like 85 days Yeah, for one person, 85 days, 85 days on a hundred bucks. And that's, that's your initial for a investment. 3000 calorie diet. Yeah. Everybody else is telling you 2000 calories. We're trying to gain weight. Yeah. I don't want you. <laughs> yeah. 2000 calories at a, at a grid down scenario, whatever the case may be, ain't enough. You dig? That's what I'm talking about. So the reason why nobody cares to come full circle with this is because they're not starving yet. But hold your hat. It's on its way. Time makes two love. Makes some more than friends. Time makes true love. More than just pretend Makes you count the nights And the moments Man, that is one That guy, I mean, not he's one of those few people that can play and sing all at the same time. All right, into the q and I'll start it off, son. Okay. We got Sandy. She's basically saying I've watched several video Several episodes of Coghill Family Farm and noticed that in a couple of the episodes recording on different days, if you pay attention to the sky in the background, you will see linear chemtrails in nearly every episode. Well, I mean, she says a little bit more here and then she ends it with uh, prayers for y'all and all of mankind. Shalom. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, today's one of those days where I didn't see a whole lot, but there are some days it looks like they're playing tic-tac-toe in the sky. You see it at first and then the overcast comes. Yeah, ain't that funny how that yep. sort of thing happens? Yep. You got something from uh, Fountain Sun? Yeah, on Fountain.fm. Um, Christian Farmer 67 asks, on y'all's hogs processing, do you scale or skin and why? I'm guessing scaling is scraping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you got some messed up pigs, man. <laughs> you yeah, you talked about those Nephilims a little yeah. while ago. Maybe that's what he's talking about. You must live near the new Plum Island location. <laughs> <laughs> well, we always skin, but yep. um, I don't he have a problem. He also says, I love fresh cracklings. Well, there is that too. You know, we, okay, most high-end butchers are always going to have it skinned unless they're doing something special. Look, I, I'll put it this way. When's the last time you ever ate a pork chop with the skin still on it? 
or when have you eaten bacon with the skin still on it? I don't like doing it because it's just another process to add later, but I do see the value in it. If you're going to take those skins and there's some really awesome stuff you can do with it, yeah, knock yourself out. And admittedly, one of the biggest holes in my game right now is, and I'm hoping to cover that this year, is I don't know how to tan hide. Yeah, so, neither do I. Yeah. we got to get that figured out. So right now we're composting that stuff, but there's no wrong way of doing that. I will say this. I've never been a fan. See, here's why. Here's one thing that's never made sense to me. Um, okay, so you sit here and you skull and scrape a pig. Well, those guts are in there the whole time. Yeah. Now, typically, you go shoot a deer or anything else. First thing you want to do is get that animal cooled off. You want to get them guts out. And pigs are the only ones that people feel the need to leave it in there. I'm not yeah. a big fan of that, man. Because by the right. time you're done scalding and scraping, man, a lot of time's gone by, and those guts have been sitting in there that whole time. Well, they ended up banning that practice. Uh, there was like some some East African group in uh, England, and they were making what's called roasties, which they were cooking like they were burning the hair off the goat, what with the guts in it, and they deemed it like, oh, that's not very safe. So they banned that practice, but we're doing it here with pigs. I'd rather do it with a goat than a pig. Yeah, I would too, but <laughs> I'm not a big fan just for that reason alone. Because any other time, you ask anybody who does any hunting, I mean, even in a even in a slaughterhouse, I mean, the first thing you want to do is get that animal cooled off. You want to get those guts out. We don't want it in there. So, I'm not a big fan. Um, we got one here from. I've got one ready if you if you Yeah, I'm, I'm all set. Yeah, okay. we got David here. He says, watch your videos, but I have a few questions. How well does Comfrey deal with growing in Zone 9B? It gets really hot here in the summer in Sacramento, and we can get some frost, but seldom a hard freeze. We're now dealing with a drought. How much water does it need? Um, he's also talking about he can grow it in a high tunnel, but he's running out of room. High tunnel is always going to be your best bet in that region, but you yeah. can make it happen. I would put, I would put at least it in a couple. Shape. In the, I would put at least a couple in the high tunnel because it's not a bad idea to always have some green. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, put it in the shade. It just needs partial sun where you live. Keep it watered uh, until it's established, and then it should be good. But you're like right at the limit for um, you're like yeah, you're like right at the limit. You're, you're pushing it. You're pushing it there, but you can. It can be done. But yep. I would definitely try to put it in some dappled shade. And as far as water goes, you're going to need a lot of water on this stuff, especially till it. And now we've had it. Chop and drop is going to have to be on point. Um, it has to be. So the golden rule of chop and drop is uh, do it when your, um, what is it? Your condensation is higher than your, your precipitation is higher than your uh, evaporation. So. Yeah. So you want to keep that in mind, but I would give it a shot there. And, but I definitely wouldn't put it in, um, you know, Direct sun, but then again, we had some all through our place yeah. in Texas, man. It, I mean, believe yeah. me, that it was hot as the blazes down there, and there was some of and it. We left it. Yeah, it did just fine. Yeah, so it's. I went back go. and harvested it yeah. two years later. That's right. Um, this is from also known as STWS. Can or how can you uh, tractor or run chicken slash rabbits or in a small suburban backyard? So basically, how do you run tractor? a chicken tractor or a rabbit tractor in your small suburban backyard. And do I give up aesthetics of a beautiful backyard? Um, I have about 2000 square feet to work with. Thanks, Billy and William keep on pimping. All right. And remember pimp stands for permaculture is my passion. Let me cover that real quick because Eric cider is doing something like that. You want to check out his YouTube channel. Good friend of mine, good friend of the family, friend of the program, friend all the way around and a great mentor. And we just talked about mentors in the last program, but also Eric is also doing a smaller version of it. Now with YouTube playing games like they are, I used to get notifications when Eric came out with a video. I had no, I, until I spoke to him on the phone yesterday when I was, I had to ride around and do some stuff. I spoke to Eric on the phone and then I'm realizing he's got a whole gang of videos that just came out and I haven't seen any of them talking oh, about that is? very, yeah. Talking oh, about that very thing that. that that person's checking out. Okay. Yeah. So, so check, check out Eric Cider. Cider. S-E-I-D-E-R on YouTube. Believe me, you'll be glad you did. Yep. All right, Billy, um, this one here is from Robert. I was listening to episode five the other day where you and William were talking about pet peeves. And he says, I am, and he's got this in capital letters. I'm right there with William about people chewing with their mouths open. Thank you. And even being noisy eaters. Apparently, it's a condition called uh, mesophonia. Mike Rowe, the guy who did Dirty Jobs, mentioned it during the podcast. 
uh, the way I heard it. And he said there's a gene for it, at least according to 23andMe. Just thought I'd mention that. Um, he says, on another note, you had an episode of Myopic Preppers. Do you think William could do an outline and cover some of the basic points of good prepping, such as uh, stored food, growing food, first aid, and medical, self-defense, community? Yeah, uh, we're all over that, bro. Uh, Robert, we're looking at... We're going we're gonna to be covering a lot more preparedness than we ever did, and I got a feeling for the reasons we cited in this pimp cast, I think the people paying attention are going to be glad we did. You got more from uh, Fountain? Uh, I have a comment from Jen and Indy, I think. Um, tip a tactical pimp. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, man. But everybody loves tip a pimp. Everybody's using it. I'm glad people know that pimp stands for permaculture is my passion. I mean, I've, I've been, yeah. you know, I've gotten uh, emails before from people wondering if we're being just crude or crass or anything like that. No, y'all. It's no. basically taking a nasty word and putting a positive spin on it. And we only do it in the podcast because, frankly, on YouTube, I know a lot of kids are watching that. And honestly, when I had some of these permaculture pimp daddy shirts and I had a little incident at Lowe's where a little girl's try asking her mom what a pimp is. And there's too much nuance there to explain to a child. So I just tend not to mess with it when it comes to YouTube. Also, I do want to say we're going to have a knife giveaway here soon. So uh, a Spyderco fixed blade knife. So keep a, keep an eye out for that one. Yeah. Now, the, the impetus behind that, William came up with it, is to, um, well, why don't you kind of give him the rundown of what you're thinking as far as how that's going to go down. And then I'll get to this last question. Well, just as a way to... Kind of because the only way the podcast grows is by word of mouth. Like there isn't advert or if we paid for advertising on other people's podcasts, but uh, I don't know who, who's going to accept that advertisement money. No. <laughs> There's not going to be another podcast or permaculture channel. That's for sure. Um, but it's just a way to, I think I have an idea to see if it'll work to kind of boost the numbers on the podcast. Yeah. So folks get out there, write reviews. It helps us. I think, well, I mean, I don't, don't do it yet. Cause the knife isn't ready yet. And I don't want you to be out of the drawing yet. So, well, okay. So don't let us grow. So don't he's worried about it. Don't let it, don't write a review yet. <laughs> well, maybe just make everybody ineligible for it. Maybe all the ones who have, who have written a review. Go well, ahead and put that out there, man. No, I need to put, they need to put contact information. Cause if they haven't, I need to be able to contact that person. Well, for all the people that have previously done a review, we'll have to come up with something. I don't that know makes how sense. to contact those people though. Yeah, well, they're still. I'm tr still trying to figure it out, Dad. All right, Debbie says, uh, "My name is Debbie. I've ordered from you before. You sent me some comfrey, and it is doing beautifully." All right, thank you so much, Debbie. In one of your recent vids about uh, chickens being let into a compost pile, you used a white plastic looking fence material that looked like it held everything in place with hiking poles. Never heard it described that way. Uh, <laughs> Debbie, what you're looking at there is uh, premier one um, electrified fencing. You can get it at premier one premier. Um, I think it's the number one. Yeah. Number one. Number and one. it's all one word. Premier yep. one is one word. So what we have, the only fence we use for chickens is the uh, 164 foot fence and it's got the double spikes at the bottom. I am not a fan of the single spike. The double spikes are the only way to go. And I can give you a long list of reasons why, but that's really it in a nutshell. Well, I mean, son, is there any yeah. downside? I mean, there's other manufacturers out there, but I haven't seen any I've, that come close to Premier One. I've heard other people talk about like Gallagher being comparable. Um I think it's just going to be personal preference. Gallagher's uh, step-ins are, there's a joint in their step-ins. I don't like those. That. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Lawton had a similar one where there was a joint in the step-ins. I think they thought it was a great like idea, that. but yeah. I, I'm not so, I'm it not doesn't a work fan well. of it. But even with, they do need like a more beefed up version of those step-ins though. Like, like it, just a steel spike would be awesome. Well, it is a steel spike. No, the it ain't got steel. On the one on the ones that we're using right now, yeah, those can't be steel. Yeah, it's steel. It's then steel. Mom it's just your mom, Hulk. dude. Your mom <laughs> could break mom a ball bearing, Hulk. dude. Your mom could break a ball <laughs> bearing. I ain't kidding. So, um, look, that's look, y'all, to kind of come full circle with this. Look, there's a reason I've been saying stay alert, stay alive at the end of every podcast. Things I can't say it enough. They are getting more real than you know than most people are willing to admit. And it's the reason why nobody is paying attention. Nobody cares. Um, there's a whole variety of reasons out there, but I know what the antidote is, and it ain't comfortable. It's going to be suffering, a lot of suffering. 
And we're heading to that point right now. But I'm I'm hoping and praying that many of you out there in the sounds of my voice and the sound of my voice will take this information and just do a little bit at a time if you have to. I know many of you have families, you have kids, all the more reasons why you need to stop by wherever it is you can go to get bulk food on the way home. Go get some, get the Mylar bags, get the buckets, get whatever you need to do. Get yourself squared away. Till next time, y'all. Stay alert. Stay alive.